Yeah, very good evening. Welcome to the end of the week. Welcome to the Dan Nichols Show with Bride Rock from a slightly different location. I'm sitting in the change rooms of the golf course, having been held up on the course by a combination of rain and four of the world's slowest golfers, which means I'm jumping straight on, all geared up for golf. But I didn't want to delay it because our guest this evening as we wrap up a week live He's one of my very favorite people, not just in the entertainment world, but in the whole world. He's ever smiling, ever happy. And there he is right now, putting a smile on my face instantly as that big bundle of love stares out happily at me. Hello, Jason Goliath. Hello, Daniel. How are you? I'm good. I don't know if you caught that. I have to apologize for my relative informality. Having just stepped off the golf course, uh, there were... Four people in front of me, Jason, we played golf together, and I think you'd be the first to confess uh, that you're probably unlikely to ever join the professional golf circuit, but yeah, the uh, no. in front of me uh, made you look like you've been professional for years. <laughs> I want to play with those guys. I want to play with those guys. I, however, am using uh, rechargeable lights, uh, which uh, my wife charged because I would never have been able to, and I'm using the neighbor's signal because we got, we got, I have no power. But I mean, I'm here. So I'm using my last battery life in life for you. <laughs> and I greatly appreciate it. It's, it's lovely to see you. And there is so much to talk about, in particular, two television shows that are on the horizon. Uh, Big weekend. You, uh, I think I just need to say congratulations. And uh, I won't go quite as far as apologizing, but you did take me slightly by surprise because mm. every morning you were... Mm. Uh, people up across Greater Houting uh, with a sparkling radio show that uh, is uh, just it delivers on so many different levels but it also has you out of bed at about two o'clock every morning and I have to be honest yeah I'm not really sure that was going to happen listen I, lots of people lost money you know many many of my friends bet against me saying that yeah 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 the radio part's gonna be easy but he doesn't get out of bed before 11 on a good day um but i've i've made it i've not missed a single link on a single show i've got out of bed for i mean i think we're 18 months deep now so we're good have a look at that now 18 months in as opposed to when you started so remember we had conversations you were yeah. taking you weren't entirely sure if the station was being serious that they wanted you on. Was it all a big, well, David O'Sullivan is the host, you're a Goliath, ha-ha, David and Goliath, and uh, a month later they'll, they'll mm. kick you. And I'm not sure you were entirely about that space and whether Jason Goliath, Breakfast Radio, especially radio that's got a, quite a serious element to it, was going to work. I know what my opinion is. What's yours 18 months in? So 18 months in, I've managed to, you know, squeeze my little lifestyle elements into a very, what was a very current affairs show. So obviously, I think, I think David O'Sullivan is easiest, easily the greatest current affairs host in the country at the moment in terms of somebody that has been to massacres and can tell you about the history of, of Africa, never mind South Africa. Um, but I think the show definitely needed a bit of a lighter edge. And I think that, you know, lifestyle, lifestyle is the way forward. Uh, and we have found a symbiotic and mutually respectable blend of the two now. So we still do lots of current affairs. And I'd say, I dare say, the best current affairs on the air at the moment. Um, but we also have a lighter side and, and understand that you can't just listen to what Zuma did and why he didn't appear at the Zondo Commission and the fact that he sent a please call me instead of actually appearing. Uh, you can't just do that type of thing. You actually need to have the light side um, and ask the other questions like, okay, now that we've found you guilty, where's, where did the money? 
money go? Did, did, what did you buy? Did you buy illegal alcohol and cigarettes only? What, what did you buy? And in terms of, of what it's allowed people to see of Jason Goliath, I think the, the opinion, and uh, Austin Governor is just saying that watching now, uh, saying that you seem like such a fun guy. You are such a fun guy, but it's also allowed us to get Jason's thoughts on uh, you know, the area you grew up, on El Dorado Park, getting to uh, touch on, on things that clearly mean a lot to you as a person beyond yeah. just standing up on stage, standing up in front of a camera and making people laugh. It's, uh, it, it definitely has. So it's allowed me to, to, to reach out. It's allowed me to, I think, not only feel more connected, but also have, uh, you know, the cultures that I represent be more represented, which I think is a, is a big struggle in, in, in South Africa to have, you know, we're all fighting for equal representation and everybody wants their stories heard and everybody wants to be understood. And it takes a long time. It takes a long time. So I think it's, it's been great for me to embrace my past. And I think that IFM specifically has been has been awesome in the sense that they are not only allow but also encourage and support whatever whatever I'm up to and into. So it's 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 been it's been heartwarming and tiring at the same time. <laughs> yeah, this is a man who's working three hours a day. <laughs> so if you're feeling sympathetic, don't. <laughs> don't don't no don't don't don't. I just had a nap. I just woke up from a nap. Don't feel bad for me at all. In, in terms of that work, something else that's done on, on a very simple but very important level is it has given you a job because 18 months ago, Jason Goliath was emceeing 35 events a week, making six television shows. On average, yeah. Centers, kissing and healing sick children. Uh, life was a blur. Uh, <laughs> very, very different. A lot of your fellow comedians don't have that space. They don't have that other outlet for their creativity. What does it mean for you uh, both to have the security work, but also to have that creative outlet every morning? And, and how difficult has it been for many of the comedians? Well, I think it's, it's, it's the reason for my sanity and, and not just because my debit orders were, were safe, but uh, it gave me something to do. And I think, uh, you know, having something to do just kind of kept me on track and also gave me the the, the, the energy to fight the anxiety, shall we call it, because I think it's been the most anxiety and stressful time um, of our lives. The rest of the industry, unfortunately, is, is not, in, not in great shape. We just, we've just received news that uh, Parker's Comedy Club is officially, is, is officially in liquidation and will not be reopening. And to give you context of what a, what a blow that is to the industry, and I think that that also kind of sets up what artists have been going through through this time, in that Parker's is the last remaining dedicated comedy space on the continent of Africa for stand-up comedy. We have no comedy clubs in South Africa. So we may have a little bar or restaurant or theater that do comedy now and then, but there is no dedicated space where we will guarantee whenever you go there, you're going to see stand-up comedy. And I think that's been, that's been the ridiculous part. Is none of us saw, saw it coming. So we always thought, yeah, 4IR is cool, but you know, you're always going to have a choice of live. And what, what the pandemic did is it took live away um, and literally just hamstrung us. So we don't get to test material anymore. We've all realized that our self-esteem is directly linked to strangers laughing at the, the funny things that come out of our mouths. So now I find myself asking anybody and everybody to laugh and give me a, just a small clap. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're putting in petrol and your card approves and you're suddenly looking at the petrol and going, ah, and then no round of applause, nothing. I mean, come on. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, been, it's been devastating. And I think it's, it's also been a, a hard lesson um, to, to, you know, there's that old saying that our moms always said, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And creatives um, are guilty because we receive so much pleasure and joy out of just performing. And all we want to do is just do our art and be left alone. 
And I've always just been paranoid about being broke, which is why I try to do everything. That's why I do TV, radio. I do anything. I do stage. I do, I do, I do little, little Instagram video. I do any type of entertainment on any platform ever just because I believe you can't have this type of skin and be broke. You know what I mean? Choose your struggles, Jason. Choose your struggles. But you've, uh, you've been lucky that you've been able to choose many of them. And uh, struggle is one word. Success mm. is gravitate towards... Uh, I thank you. Uh, and you've mentioned uh, the television space. Uh, not just one, but two television series starting this weekend. Jason Goliath, you superstar you. Uh, we are here. 2021, let's go. Let's, uh, let's start with Celebrity Game Night. Um, and I, 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 am I right in saying that, that even you were a little taken aback by just how successful Series 1 turned out being? I was, look, I was, I, was, I was taken back, yes. But I think I was more taken back, not so much by the success of the show, but by the, the fact that I got to do it. Because I think it's the most fun you can have on, on television, never mind South African television. And it was one of those. So, I mean, Dan, you and I, you and I are real. I mean, we're friends in real life. So, you know, that there's not much that really excites me. Like, you know what I mean? You've got to beg me to do cool things. Um, because I have, I have an, and it's, so, it's so difficult to say, but I do have an, a fairly exciting life. So, what happened is, I stopped getting excited for auditions so that I, that I would never be phased and have the butterflies in your stomach and crossing your fingers and phoning your mom and saying, oh, please pray for me. I need to get this job. I need to get this job. I'd stopped that excitement a long time ago. Going to auditions was now just part of the process. But when I heard Celebrity Game Night was coming to South Africa, I was desperate for the job. I can't explain. I was so nervous. I'll never forget. Uh, we were auditioning backstage. Well, we were auditioning and in the green room backstage, um, Roxy Berger, who's a great friend of mine and also a phenomenal TV host, uh, looks at me and says, what's wrong? Guy? I've never seen you like this. And I said, listen, I need this job. I want this. I don't think you understand. I'm so overwhelmed with nerves. And she just you know, put a hand on my shoulder and was like, listen, calm down. I think you're going to be fine. I think and even if you don't get it, it's going to be OK. And I was like, I don't think you understand. I want this job because this it was designed for me. I'm the most competitive person I know. I don't I don't I don't do losing unless I've given my absolute best and 110 percent. And I can do this. I can be funny while be competitive and drink rum and coke at the same time. Put me in, coach. Put me in. And then they put me in. So it, it was mind blowing to see it read on TV that they were able to edit it so that the fun we had on set translated. Because I also got to engage with all of these phenomenal South African uh, celebrities and personalities and see them in a light that we don't always get to see them because there's always a script, there's always a director, there's always an edit kind of cutting out the little parts that they don't want you to see. Whereas on our show, we got to see the truth. You got to, you know, pull back the mask and have the ferocity and love and tenderness and the real moments. Oh, it's too good. I can't wait. Sunday night, uh, e Entertainment Channel 124 on DSTV uh, at 8 p.m. Season one, uh, well, the season two premiere uh, kicks off, and it is phenomenal. I, I, I'm excited to watch it. I can't wait. So, once you've spent an hour being depressed by Derek Watts on Carte Blanche, Jason, <laughs> immediately, yeah, immediately change the channel, yeah. I had a look at the stats. I think there were eight people in South Africa who didn't watch series one on the off chance that one of those eight is on our Instagram live at the moment. <laughs> Very briefly, what the show is, how it works and why it's got this energy and electricity to it. So I want you to, I want you to think about uh, to the eight people. Firstly, shame on you. And I hope you've, you've got your finances in order. Now I have a TV or at least a friend with a TV. Um, 
to those eight people, what it is, I want you to think about a games night with your friends and any games night. So, I mean, my traditional games night with my friends are old school. So we play things like Rami, uh, we, play, we play dominoes, we bang the table, we're serious about dominoes. Uh, so whatever it is your games night, your games and ideas, think about having some of your favorite people around and then playing games all night. And essentially, that's what the show is. So it's hosted by, by Anele, who is just unbelievable. And I mean, who else, who else could, could hold the reins with, with, with celebrities chomping at the bit? Um, I'm a team captain and my opposing team captain is Ayanda Tabete, who's also just phenomenal uh, and strangely and surprisingly competitive. And the two of us uh, each have three celebrities on our teams and those celebrities go head to head in a series of challenges and games. Um, and it is, it's just fun. And there was real alcohol on set. You don't understand what a big deal that is in South African television. They gave us real rum and coke and that means the truth. You know, El Dorado Park just starts to peep itself out at you. Unbelievable. I can't wait. I don't, I don't think they needed to give you a salary. Just uh, six cases of Red Heart and 200 litres of <laughs> Don't tell them that, Dan. I think one of them is online. Don't give them that. Just <laughs> keep, 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 that to, keep that done to yourself. Oh, dear. I, I know that the season hasn't started yet, so we've got to be a little discreet about it. Uh, but uh, what's one particular episode, one particular guest coming up that we just mustn't miss because we're going to fall off our chairs? It's that uh, funny. It's an easy one for me. It's episode one, uh, and I and I and and and, I, and I'll I'll speak a little bit outside of the bedroom here. This wasn't episode one when we filmed it, so we were pretty deep in. But it was so much fun that they've made it episode one to showcase just how great the show is. Um, but last season I had to go against Serving Guest, who was one of my best friends, uh, and this season Serv is on my team, and we've got Donovan Goliath on the other team. And the madness that is created by having real relationships and people that are, are so comfortable in each other's space. I, I'm just, I can't wait to see that because I don't know how they edit it. Because Siv and I just scream, no, next, next, the entire game. So Siv and Gacy, Donovan Goliath, it's gonna, it's, it's epic is the only word. I know it's an overused word, but epic is the word. Oh, well, it'll be nice to see Siv and Gacy come out of his shell a bit and show some energy. <laughs> just a little bit, yeah work for a change because he's never never really up to much uh, also nice to see donovan involved i've actually my wife and i went around to donovan and his fiance davina's house for a games night but it was a it was a lot we were asked to put our car keys in a hat so we left quite <laughs> <laughs> i've never been invited to those my wife declines the invitations <laughs> you uh, so, uh, so that's one show coming up this weekend. You mentioned Sivengezi. I think he's involved in the other show. It is The Return of the Man Cave. So not only is the Man Cave back, but we're moving on up. So we, the Man Cave, a legendary South African series. We are now into season seven. Uh, you would have seen the Man Cave on SABC3. Uh, and it's now been picked up by Mnet, which is we are so grateful and excited to be moving to the world of HD and makeup and lights and nice things. And uh, you can catch the Man Cave with a new presenter, a new presenter who we, who we celebrate and, and initiate a little bit in episode one. Jonathan Boyton Lee joins the family. Uh, and then it's the old school boys, DJ Waras, Sylvan Gacy, and myself. And uh, we, we, we just get to do kind of foolish, pointless, manly, um, and, and a lot of the stuff not so manly because there, there, there was drag, drag wigs and dresses and high heels involved at some point. Um, and just push the boundaries. And, and it, 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 it gets the only thing that stops it from just being a, a hangout 
is the fact that there's a director, a producer, a script, instructions, uh, and somebody just, you know, whipping us to, to, to do it as well as possible. But we are so excited. So Man Cave is back. It kicks off uh, tomorrow night, Saturday night at 9.30 on Mnet, DSTV 101. Uh, and I think it's going to be, it's gonna be something, something exciting. We, we spend a lot of time, weirdly, on that show with some South African celebrities. So, you know, we get to, we get to chat to you. And I'm not allowed to say all of these things, but I'm going to say it anyway because they've paid me already. Uh, but, I mean, we get to chat to, to, to people like uh, the new Bachelorette. We get to chat to Nico, the host of, of Survivor. We get to chat to Sumizi. Um, so also just uh, having a look at, at South African content, people that are blazing a trail uh, and getting to sit them down, challenge them to some interesting things and more importantly, ask them the questions that you don't get to ask them and we'll just do that on your behalf. So it does sound like an enormous amount of fun. Is uh, uh, that, that absolutely gorgeous hunk of a man, Yanez, uh, still involved in some way or another? So, so Yanez, Yanez, unfortunately, you know, when Yanez left the show, uh, because he's so busy, you know, making children, uh, when Yanez left the show, uh, it was the, the obvious route was to, to kind of replace him with a Yanez-like creature that might be sterile for the future safety of the show. And that's why Jonathan Voigt and Lee, we were like, Jonathan, if you are, you are 40 and you don't have kids by now, there's definitely just baby powder coming out. Not, not even the real, the real stuff. So Jonathan Voigt and Lee comes in, who I thought was just like it literally a puzzle piece. If a puzzle piece was another puzzle piece, it would be Yanez and Jonathan Voigt and Lee. That's them as puzzle, puzzle pieces. This one is Yanez because it's a married piece. And then this one is Jonathan Boyd and Lee because it's slightly brighter because it, it has money because it's not made. <laughs> uh, so I, mean, I, I'll disagree. And I, and I don't think you're being entirely honest. I think it was just at just too much for the female viewership. having yeah. bias. No, no. Having me and three six packs, it's too much. You're right. You are right. It's too much. And so the virus has put on some weight. Uh, 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 You've, you've got the television, you've got the radio, and, and they're amazing by how much fun you're having with them. To what extent does that fill the gap of stand-up? It, 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 it doesn't. It, um, it's, like, it's like eating bacon for me. You know, it, it's possible and it's nice, uh, but it's not bacon. You know what I mean? Stand-up, stand-up comedy has... Uh, uh, it, it's an otherworldly connection. It's something that inspires a happiness that before I did stand up, I didn't even know was achievable. Um, and, you know, I'll never forget my, my, my fir the first time I ever did stand up comedy. My immediate reaction was, oh my goodness, I've never felt this good in my life. I want to be able to do this as a hobby because I never ever imagined I'd be able to do it as a, as a profession, as a hobby forever, because cause that's what it is. And, and it's, a magic, I think, that's created not only by the fact that I have an order, audience hanging on to every word of my deep, dark, crazy thoughts that I thought I wouldn't be able to express otherwise, but there's also a rapport and a connection that I believe is deeper than most arts because there's so much vulnerability. And I, and I say vulnerability because generally when you're on stage, if you're not emceeing, um, or, uh, well, if you're entertaining, you're generally in character. Um, and a character is never as vulnerable as the truth. And, and, and comedy's got a truth about it, which meant it was an outlet for us as, as comedians. It was our ability to, as I said, fuel up our, our self-esteem coffers and, you know, strengthen ourselves. But I, I'm going to say no. We survived because we do a lot of online stuff and we do a lot of these types of things. 
And then you survive when you realize that it's different. So don't expect the same result. Don't accept the same gratification, the same sensation, but be open to new sensations. Uh, but it's a hard drug to beat. It's, oh, it's, it's stand up. Stand up is the best, man. And, and that passion for stand up uh, was uh, shown to me again when I visited your house while you weren't there, but your wife was. Mm. Uh, and up on the wall, framed. Uh, next to a slightly disconcerting selection of black and white nudes of the two of you on your honeymoon, <laughs> a framed 100 rand note very proudly there as the, the very first paycheck, effectively, you got for comedy. Well, it, that was, it was, so I didn't call it the paycheck because it was, it was, it was the first 100 rand that I earned in stand-up comedy because what had happened is, um, it was in my very early days and I, and I went to a gig as an open spot. And because I was so excited about the thing, I got there like half an hour before anybody else. Um, and what I'd found out was it was at a place called Wish, which is uh, where the old poppies was in, on 7th in Malville. And uh, the guy running the gig didn't have any money. So his rule was the first three comedians of the 10 comedians generally that were on the lineup would get 100 rand each. And I didn't know the rule. So I got paid, not because I was funny. That first one, I don't tell people this often, but that first 100 grand is not because I was funny, it's because I was punctual, which is something that Dan Nickel will tell you. I am not punctual. I'm a lot of things. I'm a lot of things, but I'm not punctual. And it, it, it just was this mind-blowing moment that this thing that I enjoyed so much, I enjoyed it more than anything I was willing to spend money on, gave me money. And I was like, I'm not spending this. This is a moment in my life. And I didn't. And my mom and sister... Uh, got hold of the note and surprised me with a frame and a little border for, for Christmas one year, which, which is, it's my most prized position. And it's also the one that I know if anyone ever breaks in my house, they're stealing the damn hundred rand because nobody's going to know what it means. They're going to see money there and steal it. So it's my most prized and valued position, but you know, I've, I've, I've got a, a weird relationship because I know it's going to go one day. I'm glad you didn't steal it, Dan. Glad you didn't take it. <laughs> Worried I might have uh, put your house under security threat now. Uh, given <laughs> the whole hundred rand, yeah. It's, it's also, uh, if not humbling, then perhaps just a, a reminder every time you walk past it, look at it, of, of where you've come from and how far you have come in this career. When you stand up now and you walk out on stage and you, you do this when we're not in the middle of a pandemic to crowds of thousands all over the place, you've done comedy all yeah. over the world, Jews, and you're now seen as rightfully one of the biggest and one of the best here in South Africa. When you do walk out onto that stage, are there still any nerves? Um, you know, yes, and, and deep, deep, big nerves. Not, not even like the nerves get smaller. But, you know, in the early days, uh, one of the essay legends, Mal Miller, uh, said to me that it's, it's going on stage is exactly like, like, like parachuting. And if you are the type of person that loves jumping out of an airplane, one of the rules they teach you is, the second the fear goes away, you've got to stop doing it. The second you, you stop being scared of packing your parachute, you're going to miss something and you're not going to be, and you're going to die. And that's the same rule applies with stand-up comedy. Mal said, the second you no longer have the butterflies, move on to something else. Stop doing stand-up. And, and, and I have to agree, 10 years in, uh, I still get butterflies every single time. I get more butterflies now. I did a gig last night on a green screen uh, with two other people in the room. I, there was an audience somewhere. I couldn't even see them. And, and I, I had like irritable bowel syndrome the whole day about 
the anxiety of doing 15 minutes of, of, of comedy on set because I feel so unfit. And, and even though I'm 10 years deep and I can, I, I, you ask me to do 15 minutes of comedy is not fair because I just say, hello, oh, that's 15 minutes. You know what I mean? So it's, it's quick and easy to do. But the, in my brain, it was so much pressure uh, that I was literally, I was ill. I was perspiring. I was not, I was not, they checked me three times with that thermometer before lying into the building. It was rough. It was rough. But so yes, it, you still, you still get nervous every single time. Which I think is a good thing because that nervous energy translates into, uh, into what you do up on stage. And you've had so many of those stages. Mm. Uh, they've been particularly big gigs. You've shared the stage with some very, very well-known comedians. But is there a particular gig from somewhere in the Jason Goliath career, one that we might not expect or imagine, not necessarily the biggest or the best, but one that just struck every single note perfectly and you just floated off stage thinking, yep, yeah, this is why I do what I do. The, man, it, there were so many. There were so many phenomenal moments. I've got to do some, some not, even, not even man on the street bucket list things. I've got to do some, some, I've been a comedian for 20 years, bucket list things in my life. So I've had this extraordinary career filled with unbelievable opportunities to do so many, so many things. I've, I've got to meet so many of the greats. I've got to perform next to so many of the greats. Um, but I think that the most gratifying and the one that, that, that makes me happy is actually, is actually one that's available now. You can go watch it on, on, uh, on DSTV Catch Up. Uh, uh, and it's called Jason Goliath Menstruation. And, and, and the, the name of the, the live show was Menstruation Surviving a Wife. And it was my, my, my last one-man show that I did in, I think I did in October 2019. Um, and that, that was filmed at the time for, for Showmax and DSTV. Uh, but it was through a very turbulent time. We were going through a very turbulent time. The headlines were very turbulent. And it was just one of those where I thought it was, it was, it was I was so vulnerable. I spoke so much truth. Uh, and I also felt like I left the audience with, with more than laughs for the first time, where it became bigger than just the punchline. And it, it, it was that show that helped me realize that actually we have a, a mic, we have an audience, which means we have people listening, which means if you truly value that, you'll give them more than just uh, kind of cheesy entertainment, but, but leave them with something thought-provoking. Um, and, I, and I think that that show was the first time I was able to articulate that, which, which many comedians have been able to do over the years as they become more experienced. But that show for me, uh, coming off that run, so I, did a, I did a run of 12 nights to be able to record the, 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 the special eventually. And it was the most heartwarming, uh, gratifying, just overwhelming experience. And I still, when I, when I saw it, was, was, was online again. Uh, and I've been getting messages of people going, I needed to watch that show. Your show's helped me understand women from a different perspective. It's helped me understand myself as a man from a different perspective. So if, if, if to the nine people now, because somebody just left as they, as they heard me say menstruation, uh, to the nine people watching now, go and watch menstruation. Uh, uh, just search Jason Goliath on uh, your DSTV button. Press search and then go down to word search and then press Jason Goliath and then it should come up and, in, under catch up. Jason Goliath menstruation, worth a watch. Worth a watch, I think. It certainly is. It's, uh, it's a very special piece of comedy, but it goes beyond just uh, a few laughs. Uh, I see uh, amongst those watching is uh, Shanray Van Vake. Basically, if Jason and Chester Missing had a kid, it would be Shanray Van Vake. It's, it's, I always, you say that. I say Shanray is me if I dropped out of high school in Standard 7 and, and went to a technical school and became a welder. Then that would be Shanray. I'm sorry, brother. I'm just teasing you. You know I love you. You know I love you. Yes, I love you too, brother. Shanray, you know I love you. I, uh, I wanted to ask you a question, comedians, um, not to uh, who you think is the best at the moment, who's the most exciting. It's a tough question and there are lots of contenders. Mm, mm, mm. 
which comedian annoys you the most from the perspective of time and again, you watch him or her and you go, damn, I wish I thought of that joke. There are so many, uh, but mostly it would be in that category, it would be Luisa Madinga and, uh, and, and Tatsun Gonzo, who, who are guys that, you know, I'll say something uh, in, in passing that was funny three years ago and not realize it had the potential to become a 15-minute bit. Uh, and then I'll go and watch one of their shows and they've clicked onto, onto it, obviously, on, of their own accord. And then you just go, how, how, did I miss, how did I miss that? And how are they so much funnier than me? Because all comedians believe if there's another comedian that's funny at the moment, that means very, very much funnier than me. And that's, that's, how, that's how it felt. So it's, it's, I think that, that the two of them, and then, I mean, I think, the, the, the big dog at the moment is, is Lois Okola, who does that effortlessly. He will take something that you did not think was funny, something that you do every single day, and he will make it hilarious because he's just gifted like that. So I think those, those three would be my top three picks, actually, to look out for in the country. And, and, and Chandra would be, would be easily in my top 200. <laughs> I think a little higher than I would have ranked him. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I went and filmed with him. We went... Uh, went driving with BMW and it was only halfway through a driving course when he revealed to me that he doesn't actually have a driver's license. Uh, that's, how well, that's how well does get ahead, Dan. You only get what you ask for. You don't ask for certificates and verification. Joke about it being a welder. He is, of course, a failed boilermaker if we give him his exact title. <laughs> he says uh, he was we, an, an amazing boilermaker. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> Um, a quick question on the, on the comedy of a slightly more serious nature. As we go forward, we know that uh, it's a really difficult time. There aren't that many gigs. If you are a young comedian at the moment in particular, is there reason to smile? Is there reason to be exciting? Is there opportunity to be had in South African comedy right now? I think this is the best time to be a young person wanting to get into, into comedy, just because comedy has comedy is evolved. When I started comedy, you needed, you know, opportunity, preparation, location. And by that, I mean, you needed to be seen by the right guy at the right comedy club, performing in front of the right audience in your right energy on the right day of the week when they weren't too drunk. You didn't go on too late in the night. Like the, the window of getting it right was really tight. At the moment, you don't need anybody's approval to become a comedian. You've got a phone, you've got an internet connection, you've got social media, done. That's it. That's where comedy is happening. So you don't need to wait for, for, for anybody to kind of tick and approve. Are you funny? Should do you belong? Your audience is whoever's going to be following you and, and your laughs will be whatever they, whatever they comment. And that's immediately whether you'll know. And the nice thing about the internet is very much like doing comedy to a live audience. The internet will let you know immediately if we don't think you're funny. Eh? The internet won't waste time. The internet will ask you, hey, man, are you not good with your hands? You can't do woodwork or something. Aren't you not? Don't buy data. Dart or switch your camera off. They'll tell you the truth about your life. But I think as a, as a young person coming into comedy, I think that you'd be wise to uh, go and follow people like Coconut Cal's uh, 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 what's her name, Ilsa Majimbo, uh, people like uh, even La Cizwe. These are, these are people that were not kind of made fit on stage, but these are people that have found the new platform, which I think is digital and online. Um, so you have no restrictions at the moment. You have a stage in your hand all the time. And if you think you're funny and you want to entertain, entertain people, put it out there. The only advice I can give you is do it because you love making people laugh. That's why I do it. I do it because I honestly, making people laugh is my favorite thing. So I make everybody laugh. Whether you are the lady at Checkers, whether you're the brat dropping off my Uber Eats, it doesn't matter. I just like making people laugh and getting a laugh from people is the, is the reason I do it. And if that's your reason, uh, then 
success, money, all of the stuff that you think you want will come as a byproduct. But just as long as you're just doing it to, to laugh and make people laugh and you are not affected by how many people do or don't look at it, you're going to be just fine. That's great advice from a man who does make us laugh effortlessly. If you have just joined us, you're watching The Dan Nichols Show with Brian Drogg live on Instagram as we build up to season 13 on Supersport kicking off in April. Uh, just before we let you go, Jason, because I know uh, you've got a surprise five-course dinner prepared for your... It's, lo it's load shedding. I've got five courses of Uber Eats. No, no power. <laughs> uh, this is going to sound like a ridiculous question because you're hosting breakfast on Kaya. You've got Man Cave starting on Mnet Saturday. You've got a new season of Celebrity Game Night kicking off on Sunday. Is there anything else you can fit in? Is there anything else exciting on the Jason Goliath horizon? Man, there's so we've got we've got lots and lots and lots of stuff stuff coming. Uh, I'm going to be doing some giveaways on uh, on uh, social media in the next in the next couple of weeks. Just because I just want to say thank you for for following me, etc. But that's it. So tomorrow night at nine thirty on Mnet. You can watch Man Cave Sunday night at 8 p.m. on Channel 124 E Entertainment. You're going to watch Celebrity Game Night. Uh, Monday to Thursdays, I'm on Kaya Breakfast and Kaya FM. Uh, I've got uh, Black Tax Season 2 coming soon. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll give you more information about that uh, a little bit later on. And then if you have a job that involves a camera, a microphone, or an audience, call me, baby. I'm available. Dad will tell you, I'm not scared to come and take your money. I'll come do your jobs. I'm not, I'm not scared. <laughs> oh, and of course, menstruation. Go and watch my one-man show. Menstruation on, uh, on catch-up on DSTV. It should be there. If you've got an explorer, just go to catch-up search. It should be there. I can tell you that it's true. If uh, you need something done, Jason actually does my pool for me twice a week. He is that happy to do anything. To do. But I was I was going to say only because your wife films me. And then I was like, nah, that's a terrible joke. And I, so I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Um... She does. <laughs> You've got to be a camera. I don't work with no camera. No camera, no microphone, no audience. <laughs> uh, last one for you. Uh, you and I are sitting down on the 5th. Are we the 5th today? Yes, the 5th of February 2022, which I think is year three of lockdown. Uh, what has what else has Jason Goliath been able to do uh, in the year up until then in terms of uh, ticking off some more goals, if there are indeed any more to tick off? Man, the the the, the goal at the moment, Dan, is to survive. And I, you know, I've been I've been doing a lot of a lot of talks, and and so many people just assume that because you're a comedian, you've got the happiness thing figured out. And so, how do you be happy during the most anxiety-driven time that humanity has been through? And I've, I've actually, you know, been just giving people three basic rules. So to answer your question, the goal is to still be happy. If I can maintain my happiness, if my happiness survives, then I would have ticked every box that I'm looking forward to. And, you know, I take my happiness incredibly seriously because I know how much, how much work it is. I know how fragile it is. And also not the world at its core doesn't want me to have it. So I'm fighting for it every single day. But I'm just looking to survive. And one of the main tips I got through this period was, survival will go down in the column of profit in whatever field you're in if you just survive until the easier you know greener pastures come back you're going to be fine for the rest of your life so stop uh, uh being broken by the fact that some of your hopes and dreams are not going to come to fruition in a, in the time frame that you'd you'd kind of hoped and and rather focus on making sure that you are keeping it moving uh you are living in a space of gratitude and finding the things that you have around you to be grateful for and if you're watching this now just be grateful you have a cell phone and somebody hasn't stolen it just start there you know what i mean start there with your gratitude uh and then just survive 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 if you survive and keep it moving you're going to be fine and that's what i plan to do i'm going to keep it moving uh while while hopefully 
the thing on my neck on my heart is also just to provide people with a little bit of motivation so i think i'm going to try and motivate people as well uh for the rest of the year but other than that entertainment 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 all right jason goliath the philosopher and uh some wonderful street philosophy in the man reminds me uh last year when the, i did the business unknown series with brian trog michael you're done mm. I mean, giving the advice that if you're in business, if your business is just still going at the end of the pandemic, there'll be a lot sadly that aren't, and therefore you are on the front foot. That's it. So, That's it. Uh, Jason, uh, probably my uh, my biggest downside of the last year is that uh, uh, far too little time has been spent with Jason Goliath because of these nasty but understandable mm. regular. May that change soon. Uh, I'll be glued to my TV. Uh, all weekend, watching repeats of Man's Duration, catching the Man Cave, and uh, watching Celebrity Game Night on Sunday. Uh, yeah, keep it going. Uh, the radio's fantastic. I really love that side of you. And uh, keep putting smiles on faces, because you do it so well, and it is so, so necessary. You know, Dan, I, I have got to say that, that all of those things are, are, are possible, uh, also because you're my friend. So thank you for being phenomenal. Thank you for being amazing. And also thank you for never stopping because you, every time I think of slowing down, you post a new show, a new thing, a new place, a new car, a new golf course. So it's, it's, we all just out here trying to keep up with Dan Nickel. That's it. From me to Somizi and Ponang, the only thing we do, our nightmares are haunted by the success of the great Dan Nickel. So you just keep doing what you're doing, my brother. We're following closely and are inspired every step of the way. Just, uh, just continuing with my dream of one day being the fourth Goliath, but I'll uh... <laughs> Your hair's curly enough, bro. I've been telling you, hair's curly enough. Come in. <laughs> Come in. <laughs> Up to that gorgeous wife of yours. And uh, take a little bit of break now and again. Make sure you're nice and recharged because these are tough times for us all. But, uh, but thank you. Much appreciated. And thanks for always being a, a great friend to and supporter of both the Dan Nichols Show and its host. We love you, we need you, we see you, and uh, we look forward to seeing you live again. Salute and away, Dan. Thank you so much, my brother. There we go. The fabulous, fabulous, fabulous Jason Goliath. Uh, joining us this evening as we wrap up the week on Instagram Live. A uh, big thank you to Jason uh, for joining us. He's been a regular guest on the show, both uh, on stage and inserts. And if you've enjoyed it, well, we've got plenty more next week. It's already been a busy week this week. We kicked off with Kevin Vermark on Monday. Uh, spoke to Kevin about the Absa Cape Epic. Uh, we had Sonani Mangisa on earlier this week talking about the Olympics. We spoke to Nick Compton last night, the England cricketer. Uh, so it has been a busy, busy week. Next week, uh, Monday, we've got Art Matthews joining us. Uh, the rock star who also does the theme song for the Dan Nichols Show. And on Tuesday, John Smith is joining us as we launch a rather exciting golf competition in partnership with Bright Rock. So uh, plenty to look forward to next week as we count down to April and the start of season 13 of the Dan Nichols Show with Bright Rock. A uh, big thank you again to Jason. Thanks to everybody who tuned in tonight and joined us. Much appreciated. Have a fabulous weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy. I'll see you on Monday. Goodbye.